Hey everybody, welcome back to the Social Distance Podcast. We're actually, we've, we've, we've timed this recording well. We've timed this recording after all the races that have happened instead of before them. So instead of hypothesizing, we actually speak about Paru Bay. I talk about Tour of Turkey, quite a few different experiences there, which leads into stray dogs, uh, slippery roads. Uh, you almost bidding it. You blaming the organizers for form fuckers when it was you the whole time. And George's video investigation gets to the bottom of what actually happened. I never got my chance to clear that up in the show, so I will clear it up now. I never accused anyone of form fuckers. I never made a statement or a comment. What are you talking about? You did on Twitter form fuckers with the video. You're accusing the race organizers of form fuckers. No, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm just stating an object that was in my way. And that had to oh, be no, it sounded pretty accusatory to me, but <laughs> it did. But at least watch the George video. is on it. George is on it. Video evidence. You've got to watch it. No backtrack, Sam. Will protect me in court. Mm. Video evidence will protect me in court. Gonna backtrack also, even more, mate. You end up at the other side, getting further away. Keep backing up. <laughs> so yeah, we talk about form fuckers at Tour of Turkey. Um, George is sick, uh, but he'll be good because he's. As, as we posted on social media, he's an um, impulsive tugger, but a tough bugger, or whatever it was <laughs> on that sign. <laughs> anyway, like, share, subscribe. Let's, let's just run the intro and wing it like we always do and see what comes out of it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Front mm. kick. Just getting pulled in the chat. My radar's going pretty hard at the moment, I think we should... Will you Who shut up, man? That escalated quickly. We're going to need to get some more qualified guests on the show, eh? <laughs> Back again. Jeez, we've done well to get this show together, actually. This is, this is midnight hour. Show's due in about five hours. And less, yep. probably. Less I think it's better hours. than doing it like two weeks earlier when we go, we just hypothesize about what's going to happen at bike races. And then most of the people we talk about don't even start the race. Yeah, yeah. Right. This this time we can actually come in prepared enough because the race has actually happened. I've just got off a plane. Actually, I've I've been I've just come back from Belgium via Turkey, um, and I've been away for three weeks now. Just did a tour of Turkey. Got up at three o'clock this morning. Flew back from Istanbul. It's midday in Europe, and I'm recording the potty. Mate, the great race for you, Bills, because you got plenty of these photos from social. They, were they, Mate, were they going, Sam's done a mountain of work on the front. They love it. It was good to see the uh, team media team actually posting so then I didn't have to do it, you know? Mm. Like, it's better when the team put it on their socials because they've got like 350,000 followers. So then you, you actually get more hits. Mm. And I don't, have to, I don't have to like self-inflate myself to get followers. It's good. Mm. Yeah, but do you get in their ear? Do you say, well, they know. Like they'd listen to social distance, we wind you up about it all the time. They they just jump on board. Mm, they must do. When Jonesy was your media man, did you ever pull a few favors? Especially when you were single, when you went to the. I guess you were never single when when Jonesy was your media man. Early on, I was. I think early on, he was. Yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've pulled many a favor for many riders trying to get him a date. The funniest was when we tried to get Magnus Court a date. And uh, we got donuts. We put it out there and on the Twitter. At the Vuelta. And we literally said, anyone want to go on a date with Magnus? Did a hashtag. You know, he's did you mention stages. he was Danish? Because that's a massive red flag for most people. 
<laughs> and his obsession with denim. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. hotel rooms. <laughs> yeah, we, we put it out there. We said, you know, he's pretty dry. He might need a couple of sherbets to warm him up. But, uh, yeah, and he got donuts. He, he literally mm. got no one use the hashtag no nibbles. And I remember the next day, like, we are just honest to him. Because he said to me, he goes, hey, Johnsy, how many, how many hot babes want to go on the date with me? I said, mate, I'll be honest with you, none. <laughs> he goes, what? <laughs> I said, none. <laughs> he got fucking donuts. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I felt horrible. <laughs> I felt horrible. And then he we wrote shattered. an angry review. Wrote well, an angry he won, he won review. the stage. He won the, That was the start of the final stage. He goes out. He <laughs> did. He yeah, won it, yeah. off. Yeah. He won a couple of stages that year. That was 2016. Yeah. Travis was yeah. third. We won five five stages that year, I think. Yeah, that was shit. awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. <coughs> That's a good one. But yeah, I but just that... got back from Turkey. It was a it was an interesting trip tour of Turkey. It was a good trip. I like. I, I actually got um last time I did the show. I just got back from Gent Wivelgem, and my next race was tour of Turkey. But then the day after we recorded the episode, I actually got the called back up to Belge for Tour of Flanders, race Tour of Flanders, race Scalder Price on the Wednesday. I've had a lot go on actually in the last three weeks that I've been away. I went up to do Flanders, went well, got crook for like got some 24-hour stomach bug, spewed up at the start of Scalder Price, pulled out after like 15K vomiting, and then flew to Turkey the next day. So I was still a bit like, oh, fuck, it's a, it's a long way to go if I'm still crook, but I managed to pull up a right. We had a good race down there. We won so a stage it just, with Caden. It was, it was just vomiting. You weren't shitting yourself because people love those stories on this show. <laughs> nah. Nah, I avoided that. Just okay. vomiting. Carry yeah. on. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you dodged some no. good form fuckers I, that we talked about. Yeah. Oh, ah. mate. Mate, I, speaking of that, speaking of that, like you posted the video and I thought to myself, like whenever you see videos like that, it always goes better with the right soundtrack to really get the emotion. Um, and I think I've nailed it. Hey. What? Hang on. What What were you thinking, Bills, when you are coming around the corner? You're thinking early on. You're on the Most front. Most people this. As an audio medium, so we should explain what's going on. Okay, George, commentary, please. <laughs> I think I think that Bules is fucked up here, and he was meant to go right. So they've obviously come along on a highway, and at some point, the road is just broken into a huge <laughs> amount of roadworks, and they've just so run... you're dead right. Bules is riding... screwed the whole bunch. Because <laughs> if you look, if he had gone the other side, there's like a perfect five lane highway, but Bules has taken them through Baghdad. <laughs> With <laughs> and there's just no entry signs, poles, like craters, sandbags. Like, look, this right there, that, but there, that's a sandbag. And then <laughs> multiple, that, multiple sandbags. That is Bill's it, fault. There's a concrete barrier, right. so you can't hop over. See all those boys at the back? They went the right way, and you've just led three quarters of the peloton straight through, like absolute Russian roulette. Well, so they should have gone to the right of the screen, uh, left of the screen. Yeah, right. where that guy with the arrow was saying, you know, go right. Yeah, yeah. See right. that guy? He, 
Tell yeah, you he's, he's, he's telling them, don't come in here. Don't come in here and purely as and listen. <laughs> and just charge through and had the audacity to call the race out mm. as form fuckers and create this media storm talking about mm. rider safety. And it was purely... <laughs> I, I did nothing of the sort. Did I not pay mention, attention. I didn't mention and anything about the, the depths of form fucker hell to the point where there could have been broken bones. Like if you had to hit that um sandbag bloody arrow pole there, I mean you're in you're in Barney Rubble, man. Well that's that yeah. sign that is sitting in the middle of the lane. What what would you say? It's like one and a half meters by one and a half meters and probably mm. two meters high, surrounded by eight or nine sandbags. Like, you don't want to hit that. You do not want to hit that. Um, That's good. <laughs> but That's good. I actually didn't even notice that sign until I watched the video. I was like, oh, fuck, there's a big sign there. Yeah, well, you didn't even serious? notice the corner oh, until you've watched the video, mate. Okay, well, oh, in my defense... That is classic. Okay, my ribs can, are I defend, can I defend yes. my case? Can I defend my case, please? Yeah. So... I, was I didn't like anybody who was on my wheel, and I wanted them yeah. all to fuck off. <laughs> I wanted to be the Stephen Bradbury of Tour of Turkey. Everyone crashes, and I'm the only one standing. That could have happened in the last day, actually. But no, I I was those those form fuckers that were there were there regardless of whether I went the correct way or the incorrect way. They came before the split in the road. The signs a different story, sure, but the form fuckers were there, and. I was led by the motorbikes that way. The motorbikes, I was following the motorbikes. I was as close to the motorbikes as possible. But I was following the motorbikes and they went the wrong way. So I followed them. And then pretty quickly I realized that when I saw that sign in front of us <laughs> that we were on the wrong side of the road. But then the problem was there was a massive um, culvert or whatever you call it in the middle of the road. And it was like like 45 degree angle, like either side. So you couldn't ride. And it was full of water at the bottom. So you couldn't ride through it. And then, mm. so then you had to either make a decision. And I, I took the decision early on. I was like, better just to get over this thing. And then, you know, like some, you, one option is to con- continue on the wrong side of the road and hope that at a certain point the road opens up and you can join again. But I was like, well, I'm not taking that gamble. I'm chasing the breakaway back. There's only 15K to go. I'm just going to get over this culvert as quick as I can and join the rejoin the right side of the road and get back to work. So I so got, got off, off. Like, I got off and climbed over the culvert. Meanwhile, everybody else was like, oh, we'll just take the risk that the road opens up again. What happened? Fucking road opened up. I never got back on. That was it. I spent the next 15 <laughs> in the cars. <laughs> oh, it does look, in your defense, it does look like it's turning into some kind of Indiana Jones situation where, you know, there's a bridge that's broken and there's a, you, you know, these guys mm. are all going to launch off like lemon, lemmings. <laughs> And just... Well, the 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 thing the the point of concern for me was that about three hundred meters in front of us was a tunnel, so I, mm. I was like, if if we're going through the tunnel, then everyone on the left hand side of the road, the road went around the tunnel, and the right and the road on the right hand side went through the tunnel. Well, I was like, well, you don't want to miss either of those options, whatever yeah. way you're going. It's like and a I game show. Gamble. Do you want what's in mm. the box, or do you want twenty yeah. grand? Yeah, take the box. I went, I went for the box, and it came out with fucking nothing. Nothing. Oh well, but that that stage while we we're on that stage, actually, I'll I'll touch on it. it. It was a pretty cool stage because it actually finished at Anzac Cove. Mm. So we whether we didn't quite finish at Anzac Cove, it finished above Anzac Cove on the Turkish front line, or what was the Turkish front line. So when we 
we finished up this 2k climb i was dropped so i was able to take it in a bit which was cool and it was like you could see all the trenches like they've been main, maintained or preserved or whatever all the way up this climb which was the turkish front line about 500 meters ago we went past the lone pine cemetery where there's about 45 i think um new zealand australian soldiers buried and then after this and then caleb won the stage which was quite fitting it would have been good if caden won the stage he's also australian but caleb won the stage which was cool you know and anzac anzac winning the stage and then we went down to after the stage our team went down to anzac cove and took some photos and had a look around they were setting up actually for the anzac day commemorations so celebrations commemorations um next weekend so it was it was actually a pretty special stage for for kiwis and aussies and poms frenchies i suppose um yeah i went to yeah. i went to glipley there 2012 because i went to tour of turkey and then timed it so i could go to the anzac day service it was, you can't it get was in awesome. though, eh? Well, you do. well, I went through the Fanatics um, where, yeah, you get a spot. And then the whole night before, they play videos and that. And then um, they do the ceremony the next day. But, yeah, it was awesome. So you pull an all-nighter to the dawn service. Yep, you can. I mean, everyone has sleeping bags and, you know, you just nod off. And, and I think they crack the shit oh, because there's a lot there. of guys. You go up there to the top of the cove. And then they have it all set up with videos and that. I think they they cracked it the year I was there because um, it was becoming more commercialized. So you get your tour groups and all that. And then there was Mm -hmm. guys like kicking footies around. And people go, guys, what are you doing? Like, this isn't like a holiday. Um, But it it is a Mm. bit of a fine line, I think. Because like if people are sitting around and they're just kicking a footy or whatever, like, well, that's a good question. Do you think that's disrespectful, Sam? Well, I don't know. Like you're right. When we we went down to Anzac Cove after the stage, and um, like like any of those sites, it's always pretty like somber, eh? Like you you can't yeah. help but get immer- immersed in the in the fact that you know what these people did a hundred and five years ago, or whatever, hundred and six years ago. But um, yeah, there is a sign there that says like no games, like no uh, picnics, like you know those sorts of things. Mm. Um. I don't know if it's disrespectful to kick a footy around. I, I I don't think it would be. Oh, like I don't think the in- intent of anybody would be to do, be disrespectful by doing that. Um, no. But anyway, it was it was it was it was cool. To, it was cool to have the opportunity to do that. I must say, you know, especially so close to the day, especially so close to Anzac Day, and there was a lot of people there. There was yeah, it was com- commercialized, I guess, to the point where um. You can go there. You can go there for free, obviously, like we did. But the people obviously pay for tours, which um, I don't know. Like that's there's so much around that area. Like there's like Anzac Cove is one thing, um, but that whole hillside is, is there's lots of um, memorials and um, cemeteries and and trenches and lots of things to see. So like a tour a tour guide would be you know would be quite informative and give people the opportunity to see all those things in an order i suppose didn't but, justin um, langer take the um as part of the reform he took the you know when the the cricket team were coming back he said he took all the boys to gallipoli mm. you know that was part of the on the on the start of the ashes tour they all went straight to gallipoli you know and they said this is what you're fighting for the ashes and you know i thought that was mm. well it's funny like know, talk you this is a cycling podcast, but hard to compare. Well, we often talk about cricket on this potty, 
And it's funny when you have a guy like Justin Langer who starts out, they want someone really intense. And this is in most sports. When you're going through a rebuild or the or a club's in tatters, you need a really intense cat. But then they've always got a cap of about two or three years before they the players start going, oh, this guy's too fucking full on here. Like mm. he, he's actually giving us the shits now. And then they morph back into like the bloke's bloke or like the – Hey, he's like one of the boys. Like it always morphs that way with every yeah. club. Never ends. I've got a hole in your theory though. I mean, what, what, Lefebvre, what do you call him? He's pretty hard <laughs> oh. He's been around for 20 yeah. years. He just never goes away. And he does it. He, he just, he goes through cycles where as soon as the team don't win three monuments a year, it's crisis talk. Like they're that stacked. Like most, mm. you, you can have teams that don't win for the whole year, and they go, "Oh, yeah, pretty dry year." We'll, we'll, we'll be. It's right. like when the All Blacks lose, right? They lose one game, and everyone goes, "Oh, time for a new coach." Crisis. You know, he's mm. got a role. I saw yesterday or two days ago. He's there was an article, and it was like it must have been like three days ago, and he's like, um, "Yeah, look, I've heard the excuses, but now now the boys are racing for their contracts." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh man, that would that would put the shits on me," and then like the next day. One of their own team cars just absolutely destroys the Pello and and crashes. I think Ella Philippe out of Brabant's appeal. No, but that article came out. That article came out after Brabant's appeal because there was a quote in there from from him saying, um, "Normally, normally Ella Philippe should be in the front at Brabant's appeal, but he he's obviously not good enough at the moment." So he knocked him off. But he sent one of the boys to fucking teach him a lesson. It's, uh, it, it's pretty threatening, eh? Like that would be a hard, that would be. You're yeah. right, like because it's quick step, the, the expectation is so high at the classics. Like they, I, I think it is a sign of a good team in a way, in terms of mm. like, it, you know, it just means that you're so used to success. But like, I know that like we are really got like so many guys crook. I'm super crook. I've been, I basically haven't trained now for coming up to a month, and not still not looking like I'm going to be on the bike training in a big way anytime soon. And there's, there's guys like me everywhere and in every team. Mm. And like, didn't you guys start Roubaix with five? Yeah, we started Roubaix with five guys. Because like, like, it's it's because of the, the reason, one of the reasons is that because of this new point system that's come in, so there's actually like a relegation and promotion in professional cycling now, like, mm. like in English Premier League football, for example. So the bottom two teams... But you know the lowest point scorers of the of I think it's of the last three years um, get relegated to mm. the pro conti level and the top two pro conti teams get promoted to the world tour level. So mm. every single team, well, not every single team because there's obviously some teams that are safe. Your team, for example, George is pretty safe. Um, but there's like sort of about like even the, the the second half of the ladder, so like the bottom seven or eight teams are all kind of are fighting for that. For the to stay out of the relegation zone, so and the only way yeah. to do that is to get more points out of the team. So we're all the teams are running like triple programs, like so many races at once, like the Ardennes Classics, the Flemish Classics, Tour of Turkey, um, Jesus, um, yeah, all sorts, and you can't all buy riders either. Remember that teams used to buy riders with heaps of points if you're struggling and bring them in. It doesn't work like that. It's no. the points that yeah. you had stay in that team. Yeah, yeah. so like the. So you get like people who are getting. So you get like a, a bad run of um, illnesses in the peloton, like we've had, and you know, and then you get like your standard couple of 
broken collarbones in a team every few months. And you mix all that in to the fact that all the teams are running a, a way bigger race calendar. Like, you know, most teams probably do 50 to 50, 40 to 50 different races a year, not race days, like different races. Teams are racing up towards 100 ra- different races this season. Oh, mate, we're going every points. race you've never even heard of. We don't even need points. Yeah. And you just run out of you run out of riders. But it's a really strange system because I've weighted it all towards like small one day races. So I think we talked about this last week actually. But um yeah, either way, it's taken its toll. Man, it's um but what's crazy is the sicknesses that are ripping the back out of everybody is done like I was lying here, right? And I was super sick, got over it, got super sick again like a few days later, thought the fever had gone. Came back a third time. The third time it came back, like, I was like, okay, fuck, something's wrong here in a big way. So, like, you know, ended up going to see people and, like, trying to work it out and stuff. And they're like, you literally just have influenza A. And I was like, nah, I'm dying. And they're like, nah, mate, you just got, you just got the flu. I was like, this is not the flu. This is like, you, you feel better. And then, like, two days later, you just get repeated fevers. Like, boom, boom, boom. And then, like, before you know it, you're out for a month. Probably out for, like, three months before you can actually train again. And it's super contagious. So, like, you have 10, 10 guys with that in your team. What do you do? Run mm. 16 men for, for the spring. Yeah. It's one of those once-in-a-10-year flus, though, eh? Like, it's contagious, so. what you've, it's what you've, what, it's contagious when you get that, but, like, not everyone gets hit by it the same way. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. One, it was so weird. One I was ten. like, this must be COVID. Like, if this is what, you know, like, this must be ki- I've always wondered, like, oh, I wonder how sick I'd get by a virus that would kill every, you know, kill so many people, six million around the world or something. I was like, oh, this must be it. Like, repeated <laughs> tests. I did enough rat tests to kill, like, a small colony of tortoises. But, like, I just couldn't. They're all negative. And then I was like, yeah, mate, just just the flu. And felt like a real pussy and sent me on my people, own. People, people die from the flu all the time. Don't want to freak you out, but, yeah. Oh, God. I knew it was not good. Did you get to a certain point where you started thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to become a statistic. I'm just going to be yep. one of the stats. Probably yep. about <laughs> an hour after I rang you that day, emergency, when I was going, mate, I need, <laughs> you know, somebody in town. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what put, I'll tell you what put the, uh, the Peloton at risk. Um, well, could have put the Peloton at risk. Thankfully, it didn't because of some level heads was, the last stage of Tour of Turkey yesterday. Oh yeah, what yeah. What happened? Tell us what I missed it, mate. What so, went down? It, oh, it just the roads are so slippery. Like the roads there are, are really, really are, are quite slippery. I don't know how they what they make them. I think you know when you know how like if you have a normal road, it's traditionally got some grip to it, and then if you hit the white line, the white line's slippery. Mm-hmm. I think they reversed it. I think they reversed it. Like it was actually like the white lines were had more <laughs> grip than the roads. People were riding the white lines because you had a better chance of staying upright. But the, oh, man. the roads are just really slippery there, but we had great weather all week, so it wasn't really an issue. <clears throat> um, uh, still more crashes than normal because of the roads, but but harmless. And then the last stage was all around Istanbul. Actually, would have been an awesome stage because that city is fucking massive if you've, if you've ever been mm. to Istanbul. It's 20 million people. It's fucking huge. And we basically did this 130K stage that was just all the different districts of Istanbul. Um, awesome, it would have been so cool, cool, cool stage to do. Completely close the city off. Um, but city roads are slippery anyway. You know, there's oil and all that shit from the from cars and rah rah rah. 
but then we were just unlucky with the weather. The organize, I should say the organizers were unlucky with the weather and it rained about 20k into the stage. And the moment the first raindrop hit the, the road, the peloton just went like you. It, it, I don't want to sound dramatic, but you, you could not ride a bike on them. You, you, no matter how fast or slow you went, you couldn't ride a bike on them. Um, so that, like as soon as the rain hit the road, there was just this massive crash. Um, and there were so many guys down that we stopped, we stopped the race. Um, and then the discussion started with the commissaires and the race organizers, because it's like such a tricky situation because the race organizers have done such an amazing job to like get the Istanbul closed off to a bunch of fucking bike riders. And, and of course they want to finish their tour off well and have this, this cool stage in the city. But we're just like we we can't we can't do it we can't we can't stay on our bikes and they you right there was yeah so but like hats off to the commissaires and the organisers there actually there was it's very rare that a bike rider or a group of bike riders it's very rare that a group of bike riders band together with the same opinion but it's very rare that when they do it's not met with some resistance you know but straight away they're like yeah fuck man we know we know this you can't do this so in the end we spent about half an hour on the side of the road just talking about how how we could do it how how can we still show the public you know give them a, a side of us and everything so we just neutralized the stage we short we we were fortuitous enough that like we sort of did these loops and we would do like a number of laps of like one district and then go to another district and do a number of laps of another district so we're able just to go to we just went to every district and just did one lap so the short the stage was shortened by like 60k or something um and it was a short stage anyway, but we didn't we didn't neutralize anything. We just cancelled the stage. The stage was just cancelled. Like there was no result. Mm. Like there was no stage result. Just imagine the, the locals that didn't know that it had been neutralized watching you just putt past, going, "These guys are shit." Mate, I, could, the, I, could, the, I, could, I could give them a run for the money. <laughs> I was, the fucking funniest bit of it all was that we went through this one district, and um, Paddy Bevan, obviously fellow Kiwi, he won. He ended up winning the tour. Yeah, fuck, he was flying there, man. He was. Yeah, I haven't seen him go that well since Tour Down Under a few few years ago. He was fucking ripping. That's good. Eh? So he, he went... had like a shitty start to the year, broken collarbone. His first race back. Yeah, his... exactly. His first race back, see, back eh? from injury. Um, so I was riding next to him, uh, just chatting away in the when we were riding neutral. And mate, people were still crashing. Like we were going like twenty five k out, and people were still crashing. It was that fucking slippery. Like you just go around a corner and someone would wipe out. Um, it's just anyway, trying to putt along. Yeah, we're just like, trying to get to the finish because we had to get I to the finish before, line. Still, though, like... With the humiliator, remember we neutralized the stage in Nice because you, you know, yeah. the UCR would they wouldn't they wouldn't. So we were like Tony, you know, when Tony Martin went to the front and did mm. the like mm. Jesus on the cross, and then yeah. we all slowed down. Yeah. And then I was like, oh man, that's so lucky this is neutralized. And I was just talking to Christian Jensen, like running down this hill, and just ended up like high sliding over the bar because I just slipped on some like um, dishwashing liquid. Yeah. And just broke the, my ribs, broke foot, everything like. Oh, fuck. The the beauty of these roads is that it was they were so slippery. We had a couple of guys crash in the in the in the the crap the first crash, the only crash until the race got stopped. But it was it was so slippery that it was impossible to hide side. Like there was because the wheels, your tires couldn't get enough purchase to hide side you. Oh, like right. it just went from underneath you. So like the crashes. I mean, one guy broke his collarbone, but like if you're going to break a bone, his collarbone, he'll be back tomorrow. Um, the the um anyway the what i was getting to was there's <laughs> we were riding along through this district your brain and... was going that was a funny call that was a funny call oh what was i talking about oh shit okay soldier on 
Oh, no, you think, eh? Bills? You've been up since three o'clock. Anyway, we were riding through this district at like 20k an hour or whatever it was. And there's quite a lot of stray dogs in, in Turkey because I think it's illegal to put dogs down. So, like, if people can't look after, if, they, if people can't feed their dogs or like care for them, they just release them into the streets. But you know, like, like you're not allowed to put them in, put them down. So there's fucking stray dogs everywhere. And we were like racing through this district, and this dog came. This stray dog, this like big Labrador, and he was fucking having a ball. Eh? He was like, yeah, you know how dogs love chasing wheels. Yeah. Well, he had like 350 of these wheels in front of him. <laughs> so he just started running next. Literally, on, he came off the footpath, got onto the road, and was just running next to the peloton like. Let's go. Let's go. And no shit, without a word of a lie, you can ask Patrick Bevan to, or anyone else in the race to clarify this. He would have run next to us for five kilometers. For five kilometers. Just gave it everything. He was there for like 15 minutes. But he was just running the same speed as the bunch. So it just showed how slow we were going. So the, we were, we came through this district that had like streets lined. People were like waiting all year for the tour of Turkey to come through their district. And there's a dog running the same speed as us. <laughs> they would have been like, what the fuck what is, is going on? What are these Did guys? I shit myself every time I see an animal? Especially after we had this incident once in the tour. In this, it was like early days. And I think it was Rowan Dennis. We were all strung out like full gas. And this dog just came from right-hand side of the road to the left. And he just hit it full gas. And the dog died. But the bikes and the oh. cyclists just went everywhere, man. And we were just on the ground like at 60k an hour, 70k an hour. I crashed. I crashed in that crash. Oh, you were that? Was it the Welter or was it the... At the Welter. It was at the Welter. Was it the Welter? The dog ran into the bunch and, and Rowan the dog hit was it straight on. The... Boom. And the dog what was sort of dog was it? Oh, a little dog. Little oh, dog. little dog. Uh, yeah. But, oh, did enough damage. Oh, yeah. We were going fucking quick. And then I remember Rowan hit it, and I was behind Rowan. I went straight over the top of Rowan. And, and we landed. Like, come over top. And then Rowan was literally like, came. he hit the dog and went over the handlebars so hard. He came out of his shoes. Like, Shit. He, was, he wasn't in his shoes anymore. Superman it out of his shoes. I was, I was sitting next to him. I was like, you right? And he's. He's like, yeah, I'm all right. I was like, where's your shoes? He's like, fuck, fine. I was still attached to the bike. That's like the Looney Tunes kind of, you know, like yeah, when they blow up. Hit by, a, yeah. hit by a hand and his shoes are still there. And the... did, did I tell you this story about the <coughs> Delhi Olympics in 2010 when they had a problem with the stray dogs? No. I think, did we, so that they had a problem, same thing in Delhi in India. They had all these stray dogs. And they said, shit, what are we going to do about these dogs? Like, we've got the Com Games. And the mayor, and you Google this, I'm not making it up. Her name was Sheila Dickshit. And she oh, goes, I remember this. I remember and, this. And she yeah, goes, yeah, she, she was like, no, nah, I can sort the dog problem out. And they said, oh, okay. And then about four weeks later, there's no dogs. Like there was no dogs in the center of town. And they said, what'd you do with those dogs, Sheila? And she goes, oh, oh we, we relocated them. Just what do, you, what do you mean by that? Oh, no, 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 no. We took them to like paddocks and they're running around and yeah, they're, they're having a great time. No one ever saw the dogs. No one knows where those dogs went. There was, there was no athlete village. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no dogs. Isn't that what that you year. tell a six year old when your dog dies? You tell like My little kid, oh, it's going to a farm. Yeah, it? yeah. They always say it's going to Christchurch. So every time something would die, they go, oh, it's going to Christchurch. What's in Christchurch? <laughs> Yeah, why oh. fuck's Christchurch so good? Yeah, yeah. I want to go to Christchurch. That's where all the dogs are. <laughs> hey, hey, um, 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 
other complete other random news. Did you guys see mm. the James Franklin hazing thing that came out? James Franklin was a ex New Zealand cricketer. Um, yeah. and he and Andrew Simons have just been done. Oh, it's in the news now at the moment that back in I think 2011, they um, there was a new guy into there who's now quite a good spinner for, for India. Um, and they as part of like initiation, whatever, at this party, they got steam, tied this guy up to a chair and like put him in the cupboard as a joke. But then they got, you know, they obviously wrote themselves off, forgot about this guy and left him in there. So, you know, he got found like a day later by the cleaner. Oh no. Um, And now it's all coming out and now it's a big story. And I was like, shit, that's a pretty um, intense initiation. But it also made me start Mm. to think of like, I also used to hear wild stories from like back in back in cycling, but I I've sort of avoided all of them. Like my initiations or whatever, like they seem to be far worse within New Zealand, and I don't really know if it's a European thing. Mm. It's definitely well, a male thing. You don't hear it ever from females going. I remember when the girls hazed Samantha. Yeah. It's it's always dudes. Yeah. But I think it's the hazing that doesn't stop in females potentially. You know, oh, yeah. it's a low grade the mental low grade abuse and the yeah. backstabbing. <laughs> do you know, like, there used to be, I've heard heaps of stories of hazing, like in professional cycling, for like it used to be a bit of a thing. Like, first year pro, you had to, you got hazed um, at your first team camp. But it was always like all these stories I've heard are always alcohol related. But like, if I was to haze someone, it wouldn't be like, oh, scale this bottle of fucking vodka and then watch them spew and just like, Coma in the corner. That's shit house. What a shit fucking mm. hating. Like, mm-hmm. I'd much rather do something like fun and like that embarrasses the guy. Yeah, like lock him in harmless, a cupboard. But harmless. Yeah, put him in a cupboard. Yeah. And leave him put him in, him in the cupboard. cupboard. <laughs> 24 hours in the cupboard, mate. You know? Welcome to the team. Good to have you. But like, yeah. if you get through that, like, you'll be ripping it a mile in 10 years. Like, but it was like, even I, on the bike, like, I remember shit like, oh, you're a Neo Pro, go get bottles, even if you were the better rider. But I think that's changed now because the best riders are the 15-year-olds that arrive at team camp because yeah. they've been yeah. you know, living like professionals since they were four. Hmm. Imagine going <laughs> like when, when Remco Evenepoel signed the 18-year-old with quick sleep. You're like, all right, mate, welcome to the team. We're going to hate you. He's like, no, you're not. Get fucked. Yeah, yeah. But the other stupid thing is, why is this shit coming out 11 years later? You well, know, if you're podcast, that... Podcasts seem to get people in, in hot water, so this is probably what... <laughs> You know, we can look look through here. Maybe divulge a, a hazing story about our youth, and then you know there'll be a, an article about the time I got hazed. You got hazed. I got hazed. I got hazed in Radio Shack, my first year pro. But it was very oh, tame. It was actually it was actually quite a good one. Like, could, could uh, you I'm going to tell it. It was throw Lance under the bus, and then we might get some more views, or like we can leverage nah, this. Get him in shit. He wasn't. Lance wasn't there. Lance uh, wasn't there. But, any um, other hitters? It was. Yeah, the team was full of fucking hitters. Yeah, but can, like, can we leverage this story? Well, it's Start not that exciting. Taking, oh, okay. Carry it was on. like Andreas, Andreas Cloden was there. Um, Horner, Lipon. What looks in a broomstick? Um, and <laughs> they, um, it was a pretty boring hazing, but it was kind of funny. I'll tell it, eh? And you guys be the judge. So okay, they, right. so I, it was my first team camp in January, first year pro. And they said, all right, we've only got one. Neo Pro, you know, new professional team, Sam. So, like, you know, back in those back in those days also, this is another thing that's changed. When you sign pro, you sign for fuck all money. You sign for minimum wage, you know. Mm. Take it or leave it. 
nowadays you sign for a million euros or something. So you didn't need the money. But like back then they'd be like, all right, you're a Neo Pro, you've got no cash. So what we're gonna what we do is we'll all pull some money, um, all put this money into this pot. And it was like a lot of money, like five grand or something in this pot. And they're like, and then but all you gotta do is take three eggs on the head. We'll break break three eggs on your head and then you can get the cash and you know it's just to kickstart your career, help you pay your rent, help you set up your apartment or whatever, you know. Like it's I was like, Oh yeah. Kai, I could I could see through the ball. I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid. Mm. But I was the last like, egg you gotta stick up your ass. Yeah. But anyway, I was like, I'll take I'll take my chances, you know. And then um and then all, yeah, basically all they do is like, okay, one egg, crack it on your head, second egg, crack it on your head. And then third egg, they throw it on the ground. And they go, uh uh-huh, you did. You had to have three eggs cracked on your head to take the money. But in fairness to them, they actually gave me the money. I actually got oh. the cash. Oh, that's yeah. all right. Yeah, That's not that's really a hazing um, at all. That's just, nah, that's money, just for, like a, money for jam. Hmm. That's more like a welcome, like a little sort of um, hamper, you know, mm. welcome, to I, the, welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah. I, I hazed a few guys actually in Greenwich a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, now it's could turn yeah. into confession. You can see he's sort of wanting to open up, and then he's going, "Geez, all these people have gotten shit with podcasts." And yeah, well, there's part, there's should... a part of me that's like, there's, a, there's actually a big part of me. It was not, it wasn't a bad agent as well. If it was, if it went public, it would be completely fine. Like the team, like the the bosses of Scott were there, like the team sponsors. Um, well, then, no but it's a part with the team, so let rip. Well, no, I. There's a part of me that thinks that hazing was, you know, it's for the team. So maybe I won't make it public. Mm. Just out of respect for the whole point of hazing. Oh, yeah. Mm. That was pointless. I think hazing's a... (laughs) (laughs) Nah, fuck him. We killed some bloke. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the team. We made a murderer guy and then... (laughs) Such a laugh. Good sprinter, mad bastard. Yeah. Uh, um, did you guys watch Roubaix yesterday? I didn't actually see Roubaix because. Oh, my, mate. Um... You know, the highlight of Roubaix was. Um, now, again, this is uh, audio medium, but uh, you've probably already seen it. And that is the lotto mechanic that. Uh, <laughs> was, <laughs> he was trying to help his. <laughs> He bids it up. Um, so, that's on the Arenberg. Arenberg, yeah. So he's brought a spare bike to a rider who's waiting for a spare bike. So he's jumped on the rider's spare bike to ride it to him faster, but drops himself in the process. Probably fucks the spare bike. And he hands him like a second hand spare bike that he's just crashing on. Like, oh, good luck, mate. <laughs> looks like I he's got a collarbone as well. I know. And he's hit it. At this point, you know, if you. Like it's just before he hits the deck, but it, it's just they're so proud mechanics, like in Belgium tees, especially. You know, that would have been a big moment for him, and he would have thought, you know, this is my moment, you know, to, to hand the bike over in the Arenberg <laughs> Forest iconic moment, and he fucking bins it. Mm. You know, I, I reckon yeah. that'd be just about hand your keys in. But in I, reckon it's, no, I reckon it's better. I reckon it's better that he binned it. Because it just shows like the desperation commitment. and the commitment from the guy. Yeah, you know also how hard like it is he... to ride in the Arenberg Forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to think that Roubaix? he could just clip out with one foot and just like hand it to him, no worries on the in the Arenberg. <laughs> that was never gonna work. 
Anyway. And that gave me anxiety watching that. I was watching that going, fuck, in, th- what is it, three months? I have to do, obviously not the whole Perry Bay, but a, a watered-down version of it. And it will be different because it's all GC guys and, you know, most of those big bastards aren't there. But still, those cobbles, they, either way, you know, I hit the first mm. one, land on the last one. But the the difference, the Roubaix Bay and uh, the Tour de France, which I've done a couple of times, is it is it is quite different to Paris Bay, obviously. But it's because most of the big guys, the Roubaix bike riders that are there, um, are there like looking after a GC rider. So mm. the like the it's a different motive from them. Mm. But it's still it's still not say like I um I didn't see any of oh, I saw up to about seventy k to go in Roubaix, and then I went into Istanbul checked out Istanbul so I actually don't know um, oh did you go to the markets what? do you get the Turkish delight mate I, I didn't actually have any Turkish delight because I was so fucking full like we were we kebabs yeah pretty much yeah I went yeah, deep on coffee the lights of fire under your ass eh? <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I'm just like, like, like we're talking about Roubaix and it just we, we show a mechanic binning it and that was the highlight and then so we go back probably in Turkey uh, no you know who won yeah you know who Van, won, yeah, yeah Van Bar won yeah oh good yeah, yeah. yeah. but good it, on him he, he deserves it yeah. because he seems like one of those guys that always does like six hours you know that one of those guys that like Everyone says, oh, he's overtrained, always trains too much, all the stuff. But actually, he's obviously just tough as hell. And probably maybe sometimes he is a bit pinned from training too much. But then it finally comes together. I just love seeing that. Like mm. a guy who's like, I'm just going to work harder than anybody else. And then work. I, and then if do you reckon, works, you know. Do you reckon Ineos has taken, like this is my, I've formed this, this idea in my own head, that they've gone, fuck, we can't win the Tour de France. Or it's going to be very, very hard to win the Tour de France. And obviously... The traditional Team Sky um, approach was like we won other races throughout the year, and they did win some. They won good races throughout the year, but ultimately, we want to for the commercial value of our team, we want to win the Tour de France every year, and they did that for a long time with a couple of three three different riders, four different riders, um, and now it's at the point they're like, "Fuck, it's actually going to be very hard to beat Pogacar or Roglic." Mm. Um, mm. So they've they've spread their focuses or they've or they've shifted their focus to like fuck it let's go and win monuments because they don't, they haven't won many monuments in Eos over the years nah, so they've won Fugger, they, they, they haven't won Roubaix they haven't won Flanders uh have they I don't think they've won Flanders no they've I don't think they've already won almost hardly any monuments they've won they Liège. won Amstel now Amstel Liège and they've won three out of five so they've done all right Amstel's not a monument they but, won Milan um, San Remo? No, Amstel's not, not a monument. monument. No. no. Didn't Cuiato win... Um, Amstel. The other one? Milan San Remo? He's won San Remo. No, yeah, the true. monuments yeah. are Milan San Remo, Flanders, Roubaix, Liège, and Lombardia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Five. But anyway, what, what I was getting at is I reckon, do you reckon they've gone, fuck it, let's go and like, win other big races? Yeah. We Hedge can't win Because they're a... Fucking, they're ripping this year, man. Like in the last two weeks, I've won Bath Country, Amstel Gold Race, Brabant Appeal, Paris Bay, and second in Flanders. Mm. Oh, they killed it. Not a bad spring. Mm. They need yeah. to imagine uh, if Lefevre is running the show there. <laughs> <laughs> Flip side. Mm.
Oh. He'd be, yeah. Um, well, be before we wrap it, <laughs> that was just a random comment. Before we wrap things up, good to, good to see Caitlin uh, didn't get the influenza as bad as you did, George, and delivered with the logo, which means we've upheld our promise for merch. Mm. It's it's definitely in the in the pipeline now because all we had to do was deliver on a logo, and she did it. We're not. I just it's in the development. It shouldn't be far away. I've just kind of seen a different file through. So we got the right file, but that deve- development right now, development phases. So it's going to happen. That is going to actually happen. So I like the logo. Be... Oh, I like it's great. The logo. Is the logo going to be on the back? Because all the feedback and thanks for everyone commenting on social. But that logo is like the big circle on the back, and then on the front corner you have like the, you've got like a barcode logo you can use, or just says merch. No. Well, we don't know. Yeah, you can use it. What do you mean you use it? What are we talking about? I'll tell you when you use the barcode. You use the barcode. You use no, the barcode. The bar- you... you got a barcode logo. For social distance. You did. Have you released that yet? No, we're not no. releasing that. Why don't you just? God, mate. What? What's going on? You only released <laughs> the circular. The stuff. You weren't oh, even there. Oh, yeah, phase just... two. Oh yeah. yeah. Nah. Stay tuned, no. guys. There's some big stuff coming. <laughs> right. What um, time is it? I don't know. It's time for you to fuck off. I think we're gonna go back to the hospital. <laughs> I'm going. I like preferred it back there. Okay. Good show, boys. Always good support. Um, but I do like the logo. It's a good logo. Yep. All right. Look yeah. out for merch. Can't wait. Look out for merch. Heal up, George. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Good, mate. Bye. Like, like, share, subscribe. <laughs>